Hello, and again, welcome to BitDev. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... I'm Jackson Fritz. I am glad to have you on here again, but this time it is extremely self-indulgent and I get to talk about my music. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nothing wrong with that. So we're talking about Orbit, which is the second track on Bloom. Uh, So what are your thoughts and what are your burning questions that you want to ask me about it? Well, the first thing I noticed, or the first the first kind of question I asked myself is, okay, is there anything in this track that is not guitar-based? And that's not a bad thing because it's, number one, if it is all guitar-based, that's really cool because there's some interesting textures that don't necessarily sound like a guitar. And uh, before, before um, we go into that... Um, there's one thing underneath the guitars that I thought was synth at first, like a very low pad, like a low bass pad of synth. But I think that's also feedback. So uh, <laughs> my question is, is everything on orbit? Is that all guitar? Yes, it is all guitar. And Okay, nice. So the, the first thing that you hear is, is that swell. Yes, yes. That's just a like big thing or I just hit a big a major chord and then reversed it. And so that's how you hear. Oh, okay. There's also reverse in that, in that intro. Okay. I didn't notice. I noticed reverse later in the song with like the part of the riff you're doing, but I didn't know the beginning was reversed. In fact, it almost sounds like an electronic version of a gong. Like it has that drone to it and it's very, uh, I don't know, it makes me think of like 2001 A Space Odyssey or something very big and cosmic or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's very neat. I think part of that is probably also the reverb that kind of helps add to that kind of sound. It's a reverb that has a 10 second decay. Ah. And so it is a long boy. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It's very um, spacey. <laughs> I know that's a common phrase, but I mean, it really is very spacey and uh not just the delay of no, or uh, duration of notes, but the whole um, atmosphere of it. Another thing I was going to ask, and this can kind of go along in this uh, this train of thought, is: um, Are you using a delay pedal for the main guitar part that starts everything out? Because it sounds like there's are notes being picked consistently, but there there's a slight delay to them. Yes. Uh, or okay, okay, nice. So it it is that like that thing is i mean without the delay it sounds like this and so having the the delay in there just kind of gives it like a double picking thing yeah it almost sounds like tremolo i don't know if that's the right word but yeah yeah like a wave like the wave is back and forth consistently. Yeah, it almost gives the implication of uh, speed picking, like just a consistent picking. But is it, um, or those like single notes you plucked and that's just the duration? Yeah, notes? yeah. So I, <laughs> especially at this time, I was kind of not a very good guitar player. I was just playing what I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And this this whole album is like a exploration of like composition and production and all that stuff. I started it in 2013. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Wow. And so at the time I was like, how do I make more sound with doing less things? And that's kind of the, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing that maybe it makes me a worse guitarist or a worse musician, but it's not like, at all. Why do all of the work when the computer can do the rest of the work? And so I can in a way cheat that tremolo picking because my like just my simple picking, I wasn't as satisfied with, I guess. And so well, I mean, that that's delay just another gave it instrument. more. Yeah, yeah. Is the studio, the technique of the studio. I mean, you know, just people like Brian Eno and, you know, a lot of uh, people that do soundtracks as uh, studio techniques that may help them in um, a certain area that they're, you know, they're not as versed in. You know, for example, Brian Eno, not to go on, on too long of a tangent, but uh, he is more of a composer and arranger than he is an actual musician. Right. For example, uh, he doesn't really play guitar, but he can pick out textures and put notes together, whether they're in MIDI or they're separately recorded one note fragments and put them together to make a composition. So right. that is something I respect heavily. And no, it's a, it's just studio is just another instrument and an expansion of that. So much respect. And and I really feel that too with like, I, ca- I kind of identify more so as a composer than I do a singer or a guitarist or whatever else that I might do. Composer is kind of the main thing. And a weird thing about being a composer as opposed to being just a like music player is that I get to kind of pick the sounds and pick what is going to be played and then other people or other things will play it. And so I'm, I'm not the one that's responsible for making the music happen. Something else is. And that's a, an interesting thing that it's, it's weird because there's kind of like a negative connotation associated with that. It's like, Oh, you can't do it all yourself. Like, are you just not that good? But I think over time I've accepted the fact that like, I'm not going to be the one to be doing the thing because uh-huh. I could spend so much time trying to master an instrument, but I'd rather spend my time making music and writing music and I'll leave the mastery to people that either started whenever they were a lot younger or have Session the time. Musicians maybe. Yeah, exactly. And have the mm-hmm. time to really perfect that. But I, I like to lead more on the creation side. No, that's beautiful. In fact, um, that's probably where I am right now. Is a, I mean, I'm a dabbler of instruments, but it's the thing is, you know, sometimes there's just not enough time, and I need help playing parts. You know, yeah. So I, uh, I respect and uh, resonate with that very heavily. But I won't deviate too far. Another thing I was going to ask was this inspired by anything non-musical, like say a uh, like a dreamlike like a dream or a dreamlike state or, you know, a a fantastical sort of concept that's greater than life, would you say at all? I think a funny thing about these, these early pieces is that some of them, a lot of the tracks on the album were just experimentation and just Mm -hmm. trying sounds. And so it's like, I had gotten my audio interface and I was like, I can put sounds in the computer. Uh, it's wild. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very, it's to freedom to any yeah, young man and woman. Yeah, exactly. And so I wasn't even trying to go for a sound or something. This was really just like 
what sounds can I make with my guitar? And so uh-huh. I like, I recorded a loop and then the, I was just playing with Ableton and that's, that's how Ableton works. It's like you, you make clips and then they loop and then you can make another track and have another clip play that loop. And it's just kind of this interplay with the loops. And so that's, that's really how this thing came out. It's all just a bunch of loops happening Mm. together. And it just so happened to be with guitar, which was the thing that I was using. And so like you have this, this loop, which is just like, I mean, you play that over and over again. It's literally just playing an A major chord. Do, 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 mm. do, do, do. Well, very droney. Yeah. But very cool. And then, yeah, it's, uh... and then I took that sound and then reversed that. And then those are, those two loops are playing the entire track. Mm, okay. Very Along nice. with this one, which I, I guess what you had said sounded like a pad, but is, is actually mm. just... It's part of uh, the chord. chord. Yeah, that's just looped over and over again. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, and I also did wonder if there were loops involved as well as there was a, uh, I don't know if there's an actual delay pedal or a, a DAW setting to create the delay. Um, Pretty no, much everything is inside cool. the box, all inside the yeah. box. <laughs> that's, that's great. And the fact that, I mean, that's, that's a cool challenge as a, uh, a creator is seeing what you can come up with that you know in, even if it's like a uh just a daw setting which so you know some people are uh, very accepting of pre-daw presets or daw features which is something i still don't know that much about but uh it's cool that certain people don't have an ego with that and they're willing <laughs> to try things with software that they have you know and mm-hmm. it's not always i have to go out and get this i have to go out and get that but I, I, I'll, I'll use what I have and then maybe I can come up with something with uh, right. those materials. Well, and that's the funny thing. Cause like I, I hadn't started going to ACM yet. I was majoring in vocal music education on main campus at UCO. And so what I was doing then was like practicing how to sing classically and operatically and like, learning music theory and scales and aural skills and all this stuff. And so like the music production stuff and all the recording stuff, I had no idea whatsoever. I was just throwing stuff at the wall and that I just liked how it sounded. And so any sort of perception of like, Oh, well you should be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that, or you should have a pedal or uh-huh. why you know why use everything inside the box like i didn't know anything about recording and so it was literally just like what is this thing what does that do oh cool that's, that's what that does and that's often and it just how became what good, it was yeah that's great and that's often how a lot of good compositions start is just not knowing where things will go and it's kind of like you said you know throwing uh throwing in a wall and seeing what comes back and the result might you know be very surprising to you what you can get just from playing even just with playing with something as minimalistic as loops you know the whole uh concept 20th century minimalists you know terry riley don cherry you know they would play with tape recorders and of compositions they made but then they would splice the tapes and loop them and 
songs would come out of them and these patterns would arise, you know, from the tape loops. And that concept, that's just very fun to play around with because you, you can take a song, you know, like a song that already exists and cut it up and, you know, make a collage from it almost. And not that that's exactly what you did, but I mean, the idea of creating something from a loop. From something you know, else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... um that lends a lot to creativity. You'll, you know, with playing with loops, you'll come up with some just crazy stuff and then <laughs> finding out how loops fit with each other and see if you can, you know, match two different loops up. I mean, God, I mean, it's just like possibilities are endless right. with that sort of thing. And and speaking of the, like, matching two different loops up, this whole thing kind of arose with this kind of rhythmic idea of playing with different lengths of phrases and how the loops will interact with that and so this is kind of the the main two and that would repeat twice and then it would go to and so those two are different lengths the first Mm. one is a little bit longer and the one before is just a little bit shorter and so then whenever you stick these next to each other they'll go at different lengths and play with each other Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of why this song ended up being called orbit is because if you i don't know if you've ever seen like the the a planetarium and how all the planets and stuff are orbiting the sun and then their own moons and everything is kind of going at a different rate yeah and at some point like you know stuff crosses over and eventually you know rarely it happens but like eventually there is a point inevitably where all the planets line up right right it's kind (laughs) of that like variations and then there's so many of them and then it's just kind of like that a rubik's cube of just like oh bam everything lined up for you know a a certain amount of time that's a cool concept and especially to apply into uh, music there was a composition i heard by a um a, a band called boris and they have an album called floods or flood and the first track is just different guitar loops and it does exactly that. Sometimes they kind of line up, but don't. And then occasionally they'll just meet in these weird spaces where it's they're constantly two different rhythms are constantly creating combinations of melodies and riffs. And it's just this orbital changing metamorphosis, if that makes any sense. Right. And, uh, that ear track does exactly that, I would say. And that's just conceptually, that's just a fun array of ideas that you know just from you know splicing different things together and putting things together as an experiment i mean just like the possibilities that show up can surprise the creator of that composition and uh just that concept is so i think is so fun right well you you had actually mentioned the the minimalists like terry riley or or steve reich and uh, philip glass and especially steve reich Right, yeah, and and I I actually didn't know very much about the minimalists, and so later on, whenever I discovered their stuff, I was like, "Oh, this is what I've been doing for like years." That's, <laughs> and so, that's awesome. And so the the idea of like a a phase where you have the the two 
tapes playing and they're slightly out of sync with each other. Um, mm-hmm. And then all of the interplay that happens as they go in and out of phase orbit doesn't do exactly that, but it's kind of what it plays with. And so mm-hmm. something else that I kind of wanted to add a little bit more so like you had the two loops and then i added a third one which was even longer than the other two and so it's it's a break from the other two because it like it's way longer and it's tonally different but then to add even more loops to that i then reversed two of them so the second one, this one, got reversed to sound like. And then this one So what I guess what kind of happens in that sense is like maybe at first we were only watching a system of three bodies that are orbiting one thing. And then Mm -hmm. by adding the other two reversed ones, I'm adding two more bodies to kind of interact with the other ones. Yeah, it's it's almost like a uh, it is both very involving but also tranquil because there's there are times when i listen to it i think i listened to it about three times total where i really spaced out and uh, in a good way and like a relaxed way is it almost you know it's almost heavenly in a way or i met i imagine like shot like the the point of view you'd get in an airplane above clouds or something Mm. like that something very uh serene i suppose and it's um it's not only that but then uh, when you really pay attention to listen to all the little working parts that's a really fun thing to do. I, I love music that you can uh, just be at peace and you don't have to think too hard, but at the same time, you can also investigate what each mechanical part is doing. And that's, yeah. uh, you know, it fits both of those moods very, very well, or both of those benefits of listening. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And I mean, since this is an ambient album, I, I guess, uh, <laughs> the weird thing is that like the whole album kind of, meanders among genres anyways but like it is kind of intended to be background music anyways gotcha and so it is a bit repetitive at times and and this track like the beginning of it is pretty repetitive and so i kind of play with the idea of repeating something long enough so that you become familiar with it and forget that you're listening to it Mm -hmm. and then once something changes, then you're sort of moved kind of from the background. <laughs> if right, that makes sense. Right. No, that's a great way to put it. And a lot of ambient can be like that, where it's one very repetitive part and then a slight variation comes on and you're like, oh, that's interesting, you know, because that's a slight change up from what it's doing, you know, but it still exists in that universe, that atmosphere. Yeah. And Brian Eno, like I said, you know, he does that a lot. He was a, uh, I think he coined the term ambient. Yeah, I'm basically. Sure. I mean, music for airports. Yeah, that, the Apollo album with the moon, and uh, 
there was another thing. I mean, there's lots of stuff he's done. It's hard to keep track of him, but he did stuff with Harold Budd and there'd be like different fragments of piano with like Mm. reverb and chimes and stuff. And it's, you know, apparently those were all like different loops coming into play with one another, which once again fits that sort of, you know, concept of, of experimenting with that idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely something I want to play around with more <laughs> too, because it's, um, loopers are, or loops are just fun mm-hmm. in general Yeah, and seeing what you think wouldn't work somehow ends up combining puzzle pieces in a way, I guess. Right. And, and that's the fun, the fun part of experimentation really is that you get to try stuff that you never would have done otherwise, or sometimes mistakes come in and it's a good mistake. And you're like, whoa, something just happened there. And now I get to hear it over and over yeah. and over again. And yeah. so that's the, that's the fun nature of working with loops. This is kind of a corny question. What sort, if you could, if this piece of music was to represent a, represent some kind of imagery, what do you see in your mind when you hear it? So the, the funny thing is that like, I, I sort of made bonus content, if you will, for the album. And so if you, if you buy it on Bandcamp, you'll not only get all of the tracks, you'll get a bonus track and you'll get a text file that kind of gives a short paragraph associating with each track. And then, Oh, that's so cool. And then you get images associated with each track. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably been seeing these. And so each track has an image associated with it. And so what I see with this track is like, yeah, like I said, the the image of like planets orbiting each other. And so the, the image that I ended up using, it's the moon during the day. Okay. The thing about the moon during the day is that whenever you see the moon at night you're like yeah this is the thing that appears at night right i know like there's the the day sun and then there's the night sun and that is the moon at night yeah yeah but whenever you see the moon during the day what it's telling you is that it's still there even though it's not nighttime right (laughs) and so and so it's it's like it almost looks obscured it's kind of hazy yeah in a way. And it's almost like, oh yeah, you can still see the moon during part of the day or the afternoon, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And it's, and it's kind of a reminder that like this rock Mm -hmm. is orbiting our rock at all times, whether or not you forget about it. Mm -hmm. And then our rock is orbiting the big ball of fire and so it's like everything is this sort of interconnected system. And so I feel like by looking at the moon during the day, you're sort of acknowledging the cycles of everything and the complexity of the interconnectedness of just our solar system and then even greater into the universe. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fantastic answer. And I love that concept. If you wanted a, a corny answer to your corny question there it is (laughs) (laughs) no i'm glad i asked that honestly because i didn't even know about the the thing where um you're combining each song with a little text and then an image Mm. and no that's so funny that you did the the moon during the day and 
there was something I did, I think like two years ago now it would have been, and no joke there um, for one of the singles I did, there was a picture of the moon like during, I mean, it was more towards like when the sun was going down and it was mm. kind of like, you could start to see it better, but it is still like, it's not really lit up as much. So that's yeah. funny that you will also kind of have that intrigue with, uh, <laughs> you know, just a, a slightly obscured moon, you know, it's kind of yeah. like, a, you know, like you said, a reminder. And uh, I always thought it was kind of funny as a, you know, as a kid too, is that no one really talks about the moon during the day or, um, you know, when you can't see it as well, but it's, it is still there. Yeah, so, exactly. no, that's neat. That's a, that's a kind of a neat, just, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. It is. <laughs> well, Jackson, thank you so much for doing this with me and having this nice conversation about orbit. Absolutely. Where can we find you and your stuff? Well, right now, and I think this is where you said your stuff is too, is uh, Bandcamp. That's, that's mm-hmm. where I've just been doing my stuff or you can see me babble incoherently on Facebook, but I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> And I don't know how many uh, Twitter bans you're through at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, I that is just sheer boredom. So the, the positive, the positive, positive side of my boredom is music. The negative side is just boredom on social media. So, you know, off and on. But yeah, so check out Chameleon Factory on Bandcamp. It's some cool stuff. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. No, I mean, I need to listen to the other tracks. And um, you said it's on Bandcamp to purchase. Well, it will be on August eighth, and so okay, because it's pre-order right now. Yeah, with yeah. The bonus tracks. Okay, Although gotcha. Well, thank you, you. Have the Google Drive link, and so you can listen to all the other tracks if you want. It's it's cool talking to other people that have a fascination with uh, not only ambient music, which is heavy mood listening, but also. Um, you know, just fun little concepts that play around with very sparse notes or variations of notes. So that's a fun thing to talk about, man. I'm glad you did it. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. And now here's Orbit in its entirety.
can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Bloom will be available on August 8th, streaming everywhere. Put it on in the background, put it on your workout playlist, show it to your friends so you can all enjoy it together. You can also buy the thing and get bonus content to get a bit deep into the emotions you can feel with it. I also make music with PowerCycle, an experimental electronic trio. Our first completely improvised album, Too Many Damn Cables, is streaming everywhere. More to come from PowerCycle in the future. To support this podcast, leave reviews, comments, tell your friends about it, and buy my music, because by supporting me, you're supporting the podcast. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails, it's going to be okay, I might be wrong.